We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about I go ahead and address the larger than average elephant in the room? No, I have never coached the sport that you folks call football. And heck, you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. <laughs> Hold on. If I were to get fired from a job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car. You got the boot for putting boots in the boot. <laughs> I love that. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Today's episode was going to be our episode two rewatch of season two of Ted Lasso. Unfortunately, my co-host Alex McDaniel is under the weather, so we are we're nixing that episode for this week. We'll see. Maybe next week we we do a combo or just move on to episode three. We'll see if episode three is a total banger. Wanted to get some TED talk in for this week. Uh, we're twenty percent through the season, so I thought we thought we had some things to touch on, and I, I needed a co-host for that and. I had to bring had to bring one of my guys out of retirement. He's here, like Jordan with the four or five. He was the the guest on episode one of this podcast, which I insist you don't listen to because I was <laughs> awful, awful in that episode way back when we covered. Remember the Titans? We're probably going to have to redo that. He's been on this podcast a few times. It's my good buddy Jr. Hickey, man. How you doing? Put me in, Coach. Happy to be here, Crash. How are you? I am. I am doing awesome, and it is a credit to you. You are the reason that I'm here talking about Ted Lasso because as you showed me, you, you screenshotted this text earlier. You were the per you I mean, I, I got the are you watching Ted Lasso question a lot, but you were the one who was like, you need to you finally need to do this. This was a couple months ago. I'm now a changed man. I've watched Ted Lasso multiple times. All I ever want, Kyle, is credit. That's all. I don't need anything. I just want credit for things. And I've, you know, credit goes to me. I did say to you very early on, hey man, the show is for you. You got to watch it. And you were kind of like, uh, do I have to do an Apple plus subscription? And now I looked at you, man, like one of the preeminent Ted Lasso rewatch podcasts on the planet. I'm, I don't want any of your money. I don't want, I just want a little credit, just a little bit. That's why I'm here. You've got, you've got all the credit to be <laughs> fair. When you're like, this is a show just for you. This is a show for everyone. Everyone loves this show. That's true. Uh, Jr promote promote something what are you you're doing that's a nice touch on tiktok you you've got it you know lay it out because right now you're you're lying in the weeds in the podcast you've been an eminent podcaster for years and you're you're laying back a little bit took took the last 
18 months off of podcasting. It's a little crowded. We've talked about this. It's a little bit of a crowded field right now, but a little bit. You yeah, decide you I, want to spend some time with your wife. Yeah, which is, yeah. Which is nice. She probably appreciates that. I moved. I have a lot going on right now. So that's part of the reason, but nothing huge to promote. I am doing that's a nice touch, which is just like a running bit. Follow at now that's a nice touch on Instagram and TikTok, which is a whole brand new foray for me. Uh, it's not doing very well on TikTok, but it's doing very well on Instagram reels. So check that out. I just, uh, I go around and I identify little moments of like luxury and comfort that everyone can kind of relate to. And I point out that that is a nice touch. And uh, you will be uh, so happy to know how often me and Jacqueline are, are saying that's a nice touch now. And like you crediting know? you every single time. <laughs> that's a nice touch, J.R. Hickey. <laughs> you know, that's all I want. Credit. People don't think I'm such a fucking asshole. I no, I I love it. It's so sticky. People repeat it to me all the time. It it's such so and like I went on a bachelor party this past weekend in Denver. And like, you know, how bachelor parties work. Like the first night there's a big dinner. And we sit down and the waiter did something. He just brought an extra something. And one of the guys at the table was like, hey, JR that's a nice touch. And I was like, ha ha, I don't want to do this all weekend. Like I'm not in the mood for like 10 guys to be like, just like pointing at me the whole time. So especially because um, like night three of a bachelor party, no one's just in the mood for anything. Nothing's no, a nice touch. No, no. And I'm just not like, it's, it's a bit that I think is so stupid, but I like that people like it. But when it's repeated at me ad nauseum, it, it gets a little annoying. I don't know. You don't annoy me. Obviously I'm so happy to hear that people are using it in their regular lives. Um, but it's it's silly. Yeah, follow it. At now, that's a nice touch. It's one of my favorite bits. And before we get into what we're talking about today, you know it would be a nice touch, everyone? Subscribing to the Big Screen Sports Patreon. Support the show. Shout out to our producer-level patrons. That's Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Christine, and Kevin Frost. Uh, shout out to JR, a patron of this podcast. I will say... Being a being a patron does not get you on the show. I just want to clarify. JR <laughs> just to be clear, JR has yeah. been on the show uh, many many a time. But uh, if you go to Patreon.com/slash Big Screen Sports, you get to support the show. You get to vote on movies and topics covered by the podcast. This month, we're covering The Longest Yard, as selected by the patrons. And my guest on that is going to be JR. He was actually coming out of retirement next week. He's just uh, he's just a week early. Uh, you get you know how maybe, Michael Jordan scored fifty five points in Madison Square Garden. This is actually the Pacers game two weeks before that <laughs> when he put up like thirteen points on eight for twenty two shooting. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be firing on all cylinders for the longest yard. Uh, if you join the Patreon, we do AMA questions, maybe a Ted Lasso Q and A down the road. Uh, Discord access. I'm still trying to figure out how to work Discord. That's uh that that's still a work in progress. And most importantly, stickers. We've got stickers. You'll get a sticker. The first batch is going out, I think, tomorrow, if I can make it to the post yeah. office. But what we're going to talk about today, we're not going to recap episode two of Ted Lasso, but we're two episodes in. We're, we're 20% through the season. Season one did a great job, I thought, of letting characters kind of share the ball. I'd argue that this season is doing is putting even less emphasis on Ted. Obviously, there's still a lot of Ted Sudeikis, still the star of the show, but it's letting more characters carry weight so we're going to talk about 20 percent of the way through basically an hour and change of screen time which characters we're going to power rank which characters are winning the season we're going to do our our top fives the hardest thing for me on this right off the bat was how high if to include jamie and how high to put him and actually where to put ted yeah it's a good question i don't have ted in my top five little spoiler, okay that's but yeah uh, well how do you want to do this do you want to just like start we go 
we just do our number five or you're the host. You, See, I was, saying, trash. I was kind of, I was kind of thinking, I want to start with, I want to start with one first and then maybe revert back to five. Sounds is good. there is there any argument that this hasn't been Roy's season so far? Yeah, so I I I I have Roy in my top two. He uh he definitely is the character that like I think resonates with the most people. He's very meme worthy, just like that grumpy, angry Brit who's like outwardly miserable but inwardly kind of a softy. I mean, how many human beings can relate to that, especially on the internet of all places? Uh, yeah, it's, it's his to lose, but I actually don't have him at number one, but uh, do you, do your Roy thing? I mean, I'll say, yeah, Roy, Roy for me is number one. Cause I think, I think I go back to, I think he's provided the most memorable moment of each episode. The first one is the comment to Rebecca outside of dinner. The, yes. the whole monologue about you should feel like you've been struck by fucking lightning. That's amazing. And then like dot, 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 not that it's any of my business. Yep. Uh, and then, I mean, I love the coaching, you know, coaching the girls. Uh, I, I love the clip we've gotten of the retirement press conference. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just wonderful. But, um, walking into the pundit gig with the sex pistols playing and then the actual him on the pundit gig and then, um, and being a very generous lover right after, I, I think, I think for me, that was the, that was really the only easy decision. So who is your, I guess Roy is two for you. Who is Roy's number, number one? two, correct. Who is yeah, number and, one for you? So this is going to be a little bit of a, a zig and people might not like this, but, um, Dr. Sharon Fieldstone. Really? I, she yeah. has an honorable mention for me. I did not mention. have her in okay. the top five. So here's why. She's certainly not like the most electric character on the screen, right? She certainly doesn't like, you know, ham it up in every scene, but she's actually a very she, sobering presence, all things considered. And normally, like as a you know, someone who's worked and done this TV podcast and then for a long time as you, like normally I don't like characters like that because they're very clearly written to just like throw a wrench in things. But Ted Flat Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso is so unflappable in the first 11 episodes of the show. But Dr. Sharon is flapping him. He's like a little rattled. And I kind of like to see it. It shows like this, like, you know, this um, voiced out exterior that Sedatus is putting on. It shows like cracks here and there. And I hope it gets to, I don't want it to get to some sort of dysfunctional, like bad place, but I just wanted to expose a little bit more of the Lasso character. Because he really is, and all the credit to Sedatus. He's won an Emmy. He's won a Golden Globe. This is his baby. He is the lifeblood of this. He's kind of one pitch. That pitch is like exceedingly friendly, exceedingly understanding. And it, in some ways, if you actually knew this guy, you kind of want to punch him in the face. So I, I kind of like that Dr. Sharon is there, not punching him in the face, but just poking him a little bit, just just throwing him off balance. And, and I like that for uh, for her as like the front runner so far. What Now, whether she'll remain the front runner through the rest of season two, I doubt it. But for right now, first two episodes, she's done a good job. I... I thought I liked in this episode, in the, the most recent one, when Ted actually came into his office and he tried to do his Ted, Ted's whole yep. thing is finding a way to relate to someone being friendly. And she was like, I'm not I'm not here for that. And not that she she wasn't like rebuffing him in a rude way, but this is she's trying to be in. She's got to be independent of Ted to do her job. And that's I think that's something that Alex talked about in our in our first episode. I did like the part at the end of of episode two where she she says the thing like basically says without saying like ted you need to start caring about winning it's not all about this this everyone's happy thing it's true 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I guess, so it's, we're, we're kind of winging this, obviously. Uh, the, I want to go with, who are, who are like, did you do any honorable mentions? Like people you, you thought about, you thought about putting in, you, you already said you didn't do Ted. Yeah. Well, I, I, I thought about him a lot and, and I also thought about Jamie Tart. I don't have Jamie Tart in the, uh, uh, in the top five either. Um, because he's pretty low right now. He's kind of, he's, he's humbled. He's, you know, ticked off the reality show. Um, so I think between those two, you know, I, I love them as characters. I love them as presences, but just in episodes one and two of season two, they just haven't exactly found their footing. Uh, they definitely will. You know, now that Jamie's back on the team, that like something bad's going to happen, whether it's a love triangle, whether it's, he starts actually being a good team player. Um, but yeah, neither of those two, and those are two of like the top four or five characters in the show. So like you said, at the onset of this, I really am beginning to love how much screen time these kind of extraneous characters are getting like the Danny Rojas's, the Teeleys, the, you know, the Sam's, they're just getting a little bit more burn. And, and that's nice. It, it helps build the world and it helps make you feel more connected to these people. Yeah. We get to learn that Danny Rojas is a casual threesome guy in the, in the first <laughs> episode, which is, which is big. I've got, so I've got Jamie at three. Okay. And I have that because of, I feel like he has come so far because of how low we thought about him for most of last season, there's a couple small redeeming moments. There is uh, when he burns his burns his cleats and talks about you know, you know his playing for his mom and stuff like that. Right. And then this this conversation with Ted when he he comes to the bar, he puts the the army man down, and really. I mean, how often last season was Jamie truly vulnerable? It was yeah. when he was burning his cleats, and that was that was pretty much. I was gonna it. say once or twice, yeah. Yeah, and and that conversation with Teddy pretty much lays it out, and he lays it out in a point of desperation. But I think because our standards for Jamie are so low, that to me he's because of what we've seen. Because he's still, I mean, Jamie's still a dick. Like he yeah. was still, he's still what do you have like sex with a girl in the bathroom or something like that on that reality show. Like right. Jamie's still, he's still going through it. But I think because of our, our standards for him, uh, I've got, I, I, that, that's why I put him in uh, mainly that conversation with Ted, which I think is one of my, one of my favorite scenes. Who is your, who is your number three? I guess you've gotten, you've got Roy and Dr. Sharon. Yeah. Who's number three for you? So number three with the bullet is Keely. She's my number two. I, I had a feeling it'd be your number three. That's great. So Keely is living that 
cuffing season lifestyle right now, super monogamous, but still low key killing it. Like apparently every PR event that she does for the club is like a fucking home run. Apparently like every ad deal she puts together is just, she's just knocking out of the park while also exposing us to this vulnerable side of one of the best TV characters of all time in Roy Kent, like bringing out this, teddy bear interior inside this grizzly bear exterior and i gotta be honest like and this is probably more to roy roy kent's credit if and it's not to spoil anything from episode two but if your girlfriend is watching you give a talk and uh you know going to town on herself that's that's a pretty that's a that's a feather in each of their caps yeah i wish my wife would watch one of my old stand-up clips. <laughs> I would come home and be like, what you watching there, babe? But no, never, never, never even thought of happening. <laughs> yeah, my my wife isn't listening to this podcast. So that, that's not that's not what's that's not what's on her mind. Um Keely has made the the incredibly difficult transition of influencer to serious professional, and she's done it flawlessly. Like you loved it. She's having success in her personal life, she's having success in her work life, and then her and Roy are just this example of just this very healthy couple as far as how they communicate. Um, Keely calling and apologizing for trying to bring up, you know, make him do the pundit thing at dinner, but also having the understanding that Roy needs something in his life after, you know, after his football career and, and working to help him find that it's, it's a perfect mixture of supportive, but not pushy. I, I love them on screen together. So I've said this, probably a year ago at this point, I was, I did a podcast with our good friend, Will DeFreeze um, about season one of Ted Lasso. And what really resonates with me most about the show is unlike every other half hour scripted drama, um, it solves its problems in very real human ways. Whereas if it was a different TV show, Keely forcing Roy to do this pundit thing would be like a thing that would spiral over five or six episodes. He'd be resentful. It would just become this extremely like dramatic thing. And it wouldn't be realistic because it the way be she like, is Vince going to do the movie. <laughs> I don't know what that's referring to. Um, <laughs> uh, but the way they handle it, like you just said, she realizes she's pushed him too far. She calls and apologizes. That's a real relationship. That's a marriage Kyle, as you know, like you fuck up, you apologize, you move on. And, and I, and this show does an incredible job of that. The biggest example I can think of is in season one, when, you know, Ted realizes, or I guess catches the fact that Rebecca has been setting him up to fail. And she admits it. And she's like, I'm so sorry, Ted. I, I, I was trying to torpedo the team. And he goes, you know what? It's okay. We all make mistakes. And they move on from that. I mean, in any other TV show, they would, never talked again. He'd go to another team. And then the whole season two would be them trying to reconcile and get back together. And, and I love how the show just human problems get solved by human beings as opposed to by TV writers. Yeah. It's the most, it is such an authentic show in, yep. in, in human interaction. And it, 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 it's also like, it's like the best of people communicating. Cause a lot of times people, people bottle up a lot of the things that these characters are actually getting out there on the surface. Um, so I, Let's. I want to roll. My number four is Ted Lasso. Uh, I I had a. I felt like I could not include him. He's still the the engine on this train. There are two big moments that I'm like, you know, yeah, he's he's the. A lot of other characters are doing a lot of other things. They're they're sharing screen and stuff like that. But the 
the press conference when he gives the story about Hank the dog, where oh. it's like Ted's got some some deep seated stuff going on. Like it's, I thought that was really excellent. And then you know, like you've said that Doctor Sharon has him, you know, is is flapping him a little bit. Like yep. I I like that Ted's trying to work through all that that great conversation with Beard, and then the conversation with Jamie at the um. You know, and then, but the realization at the same time after he talks to Sam, where it's suddenly, you know, he, he's giving thought to Jamie, he realizes that Jamie has this all time bad sports dad. And Ted's mission, yes, you know, getting Jamie back on the team helps them win, but it also, Ted's number one mission, I don't think this changes even with all the ties and them getting relegated and everything. Ted's mission is like, the optimum mission of what every coach should be is to make his help his players emotionally, help them become better, better people, better men. And this is his chance, his chance to save Jamie. Cause that was, you remember in season one, he's so, he's so upset about Rebecca, you know, Jamie going back to man city. Mm -hmm. And it's not just because, you know, they had their two aces. They had Danny and Jamie. They were ready to roll. It was because he had, like he had Jamie, had Jamie bought in. He had just, you know, they had just done the, gotten rid of the ghosts in the training room and stuff like had Jamie bought in and this is his second chance for that. So it's, it's going to be, I am going to enjoy watching the Ted and Jamie relationship foster over the course of the year. Cause I, I still don't think it's going to be smooth sailing from there. I think Jamie is still going to butt heads with him. It can't be his ego's too big, but I do like the kind of father pseudo son relationship that Ted's trying to foster. I don't think Ted has a son, does he? You know, yeah, he has the he has the small he has the the the, he has a child with his wife. That's right. Okay, sorry. We we haven't seen. I think we've gotten one like iPhone message from him in season two. And I wonder if they'll. Yeah, I wonder if if that'll become more of a a forefront storyline. And again, I haven't rewatched season one as closely as you have recently. But yeah, uh, I don't know if they need it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's like the kids that just disappear after a season of TV. You know, there's some pretty famous examples. Growing Pains, like Mike Seaver had like an older brother that went upstairs at one point and then just never came back down. <laughs> it's kind of a classic TV example. Uh, I actually remembered something I wanted to say earlier, which is um, when we're talking about Ted, he, did, he does something that I realize I do all the time thinking I'm being friendly, but doctors must hate which is that he calls his doctor doc like over and over again. And I realized that it's actually pretty belittling. And I do that all the fucking time. I was at the dentist yesterday and she just kept telling me about some mouth guard I need to get. And I was just like, I don't know about that doc. What do you think doc? And I was like, oh, I'm literally kind of insulting her to her face. And it wasn't until I watched Ted Lasso uh, last night with my wife where She's like, please don't call me doc. It's doctor. And I was like, ah, shit. It's kind of a dick move. This is all, it's all Christopher Lloyd's fault. It, it's the, it's the fault <laughs> of back to the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. But yeah, I, just, I wanted to point that out because I, I realized I'm, you know, maybe I should stop doing that at 33 years old. Yeah. Well, it seems like Ted, Ted is starting to, uh, to correct himself on that. Who is your number four? Uh, Rebecca. That so, is my number five. Good. Let's, let's nice. talk. Okay. So we're, we're, we're in lockstep a little bit here. So, um, it's more episode one, you know, she's so desperate to find a companion. She goes on a date with a pretty boring guy, kind of a, a theater name dropper, if you will. Like, you know, he apparently loves doing all these all access pass, like Broadway performances or West End performances, I guess, in London. Um, doesn't really give her like time to shine at the table, kind of talks over her and altogether not a bad guy, but not the perfect fit. And it's that Roy Kent speech that inspires her to, you know, strike out on her own and, 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 and 
be single. And I think it's, I think it's great. I think it's a really great character development given how like all of season one, she's trying to do her own thing, stick it to her husband. She's, she's coming from such an, a place of jiltedness, anger, and resentment, which let's be honest, is kind of a tired trope in a uh, television for a female character. This season, she genuinely wants its team to win. She's supporting Ted uh, unequivocally. And she's looking for a, a soulmate, not just a, a guy. She's looking for the guy. And I think that's really great. I think that's a really nice character development for her. So I think that's that big victory in episode one where she you know, throws this guy to the curb. And she's just kind of, you know, in my opinion, like her rocket is ascending a little bit. What do you got? It's, it's really that? enjoyable to be able to root for her because yeah. it wasn't in, in last season. You didn't, you weren't rooting against her, even though she was sabotaging Ted, because you, you, you felt her pain, and we saw instances of how horrible a person her ex husband was, and like yep. how deep that hurt her. So it wasn't as though you wanted Rebecca to fail, or you wanted bad for her. You just wanted her to stop stop screwing over ted it is going to be really exciting to be able to kind of just just be on team rebecca the entire season because yeah like you said she wants the team to win she's you know she's happy when jamie shows up she you know she she's wants to win in life in herself like she's working on her dating profile she understands that she doesn't she was doing the overcorrecting thing. She realized that she was overcorrecting from her miserable ex-husband and settling yep. for what Roy calls is is fine. And she's realizing that she doesn't need to do that either. So it's going to be it's going to be great to root for to root for Rebecca. So we've run through my five. I have Roy at one, Keely at two, Jamie at three, Ted at four, Rebecca at five. Who is? I think we have your five left. It's Danny Rojas. Danny you Ro- can't you can't do any top five of any episode of any season of Ted Lasso without including Dan Ross. He finds his kitchen den. He, you know, vanquishes the yips and he ends episode one with a fucking threesome. Like every time the guy's on screen, he's electric. His big smile is like, it's infectious. My, my wife loves him. I love him. He's got the, the Brad Pitt thing a little bit. We're like, every guy wants to be him and every woman wants to fuck him a little bit. Not like exactly that level of hotness, but just like the, the, the magnetism. Every time Danny Rojas is on screen, I can't keep my eyes off of him. He's got the he's got the charisma. I mean, from the get go, too, yep. from because from last season, you know, he's doing the kickoff with Jamie when he, you know, when he when he comes in, and I mean, yeah, Danny Danny's electric. The you know he's, he's struggling with the yips, but he's still having threesomes. Uh, I have a couple honorable mentions that we haven't talked. Uh, Higgins with the roving desk bit. Yeah, that's good. Is, it was was very funny. Uh, Beard. And mainly because of that conversation with Ted about the all people are different people or whatever. Yeah, whatever I like he that says a lot. When he's talking yeah. about Dr. Sharon and how he equates it to after he broke up with the dancer. And Ted <laughs> told him that Beard and Beard and Danny Rojas, notorious sex havers. Um, Sam loved, loved the conversation with Sam when Sam talks yeah. about how his dad is is happy he plays for uh, yeah. plays for Ted. I have one person who the only character who I didn't consider putting in this top five at all. Um, go ahead. That is Nate. Nate has. Yeah, I don't. I don't love this. I don't love this turn from Nate. I I I think it's supposed to be played for laughs, but like everyone's just kind of like uncomfortable around him doing this. Yeah, it's like when are they going to address it? Because the thing with Nate, Nate has before Ted got there, Nate has never been listened to by anyone in his life. This is probably the first time that Nate has had any power over anyone ever so i am hoping that is probably my biggest hope for episode 
episode three, which if you're listening to this, the day this drops, drops tonight. That is probably my biggest hope is that someone talks to Nate and just be yeah. like, you got to stop talking to the new kit man like that. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me, and this is a very personal story that I don't mind sharing on this, <laughs> this podcast. But this so deep I, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Us. So I like grew up in a suburb in the uh, a west suburb of Chicago, and I lived in this neighborhood, and I was small. I was like small, skinny. I had big glasses. I had braces, and I was bullied in this neighborhood, re- relentlessly bullied. And I was angry, and I was pissed off, and it, and it made no sense why I was getting bullied. Then I moved to a new neighborhood and, and that same summer I grew. I became like what the size I am now, six one, and uh, probably a lot skinnier, but still a, a, a man child at the age of like 13. And what There's did I something do? in the water in your neighborhood? Because I've seen all your friends and all of your friends are fucking enormous. Well, so that's the thing. I was the first. So I, I, I come to this new neighborhood and what do I do? I just start bullying everybody. It was like I took the anger that had been directed at me and then just started directing it out at everyone else. It was like I hadn't learned from my experience. Now, granted, I was 13 years old, but it's not exactly the most mature time in a young man's life. But spoiler alert, as you as you mentioned, all of those kids that I then bullied became like six, eight, six, nine, like division one linebackers, pitchers, and just being this who, who proceeded to beat the shit out of me for the next 10 years of my life. So it all came full circle and came back around on your boy, JR. But uh, that just reminds me of, I see Nate bullying the new tip man. I'm like, don't do that. I did that. It's going to come back and bite you in the ass in some way. I don't know if the new tip man's going to like bully Nate, but it's just, this is going to blow up in his face. It has to. It's the only way it works. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your wedding pictures astound me because you are a good, like you're like five or six inches taller than me. And you are potentially the shortest guy in your wedding yeah. pictures. Like maybe your little brother is a little shorter than you, but other than that, it's like you're. It's it's incredible. It's like the ultimate pickup basketball team just showed up for a wedding. It's like the Monstars showed up, and it's it's a ridiculous photo because it's like six eight, six eight, six seven, six five, six four, six one, and then like my wife and all of her friends who are like <laughs> pretty short. That's a, it's, it's so disproportionate, but yeah, I'm sure everyone would love to check out my wedding photos. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, go check out JR's wedding photos on his Instagram. <laughs> uh, before you get out of here, what is your, what's your hope prediction, anything for episode three? Oh, that's a good question. I, I mean, more, more, more Roy Kent, more him at the pundit desk, maybe him like having a deal with like, uh, Oh, uh, what's standards and practices like S and P like them, them like in his ear telling him he can't say stuff and him having a meltdown. That'd be great. And, and honestly, like let's, let's win a game boys. Like, you know, enough ties. Let's, let's, let's get over that hump. Maybe it is Jamie Tart that does it. It probably isn't, but for the sake of being optimistic, let's, let's win a game. Yeah. I would, uh, I would like to see them address the Nate thing. I'd yep. like to see a win as well. I am very interested to see if they address the tension between Sam and Jamie. I'm curious if Jamie comes in looking to make amends. Mm-hmm. Um, that that'll be it. I don't think Sam is going to forgive him in one episode. I, Neither I, do I. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But but I'm looking forward to it. Jr. I am very appreciative that you came in, pinch hit for Alex tonight. Again, all the all the thoughts and prayers to Alex. I hope she I hope she feels better. She. She has been great on this rewatch, but JR, tell the folks again where they can follow you, where they can check out That's a Nice Touch. <laughs> follow me at JR Will Do It on Instagram and Twitter, and follow at Now That's a Nice Touch on Instagram and TikTok. And thanks for having me, Crash. This is fun. I can't wait to do Lawn Yard with you in a couple of weeks and uh, dive deep on a very funny, very random 
cameo-filled Adam Sandler football movie from 2005. Cannot wait to talk about Michael Irvin 100% on steroids. <laughs> uh, and during the filming of that movie, if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, remember, subscribe wherever you get your podcast rate leave a review we're going to be back with the ted lasso rewatch next week uh maybe talking about two and three in the same one maybe just moving on to three we'll see see what three brings uh we'll also be back next monday brian gill from mad about movies returns talks about uh, a bunch of movies that he gave one star on letterbox recorded that episode last night i'm very much very much looking forward to that i will i will give a sneak preview he Five movies that have won Best Picture in the in the last thirty years. He has given one star on Letterbox, and he has he has some takes. He stands by. I'm looking forward to it. Also, if you want to support the show, Big Screen or Patreon.com slash Big Screen Sports. Your support is very much appreciated. Come check it out there, and we'll catch you on Monday. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.